Welcome to the Contractor Success Map Podcast. I'm your host, Bradley Hart, and I'm an expert on how you can get the most out of your contracting company. The reason I designed this show is to help you turn your contracting company from a people-dependent money pit into a process-dependent cash cow to have the freedom you dreamed of when you start your business. Every Friday, we're releasing podcasts with information to help you get the most out of your contracting company. Be sure to join us at www.contractorsuccessmap.com and subscribe to receive our latest articles and special offers. And the best part, it's all free, just for you. This podcast is episode number 173, and it will be about, you have employees, now what? You started your construction company, a handyman business, house builder, specialty contractor, or another form of contracting because you want to be your own boss, make a lot of money, and enjoy some personal freedom. Then you hired a construction worker, and something went horribly wrong. Welcome to the new world where you are the boss, the B-O-S-S, the bad old sorry sucker. You see, most construction workers are good, decent people who enjoy working with their hands, making buildings, repairing, remodeling, and fixing homes and commercial buildings. Just know, good construction workers will not tolerate chaos, unfair labor practices, shoddy tools, garbage equipment, and cheap material. They will try a lot of contractors until they find the right contractor who has a system in place, all the tools and the equipment, good material, and well organized. And most good construction workers prefer to work someplace that has documented processes and procedures. They hate chaos. They don't enjoy it at all. You see, good construction workers have five traits in common. There's a lot more, but here's just the, the top five. Number one, a good construction worker has a high self-esteem. Um, they don't tolerate a lot of nonsense, and they they know what their skills are. They feel good at themselves. Very high self-esteem. Number two, they have a strong work ethic. They show up to work on time. They give it 100%, and they go home, and frankly, on their free time, they don't give your business a second thought. But by the same token, when they're on your job and doing work for you, they don't give home and free time a second thought. Number three, good construction workers are always learning. They're always reading books. They're watching television shows about the construction. They're visiting the Home Depots and Lowe's and other tool locations and, and just kind of browsing, looking at tools and equipment and material. They're always learning. Um, the best ones will actually subscribe to a variety of trade journals. You want to know if you have a good construction worker? Just ask him if they're subscribing to any trade journals. That's a huge, huge checkered flag, which is a good thing. The fourth trait of good construction workers is they're loyal to family and friends. Now, let me extrapolate. If someone is loyal to family and friends, they're going to be loyal to strangers to a degree. And over time, you treat them right to be loyal to you. Number five, very important. They're law-abiding citizens. And that means what it says. They do their best to stay within the law. Um, they don't cause problems. And they're just overall good people. So the thing that you want to understand is that's what good construction workers are. 
and and then you want to know what the fully burdened cost of a construction worker because labor is the most expensive cost in any construction company and by the same token good labor can do wonderful things for you and your clients and themselves but you just need to know what we refer to in accounting as the fully burdened construction worker cost and simply that means what will it cost you to hire someone including the company portion of payroll taxes and all those little costs that frankly a construction accountant like me would even think about well I want to describe to you an example of a construction worker earning $25 an hour working 40 hours a week with basic benefits so let's just say the direct construction cost is $25 an hour 40 hours a week $25 an hour is that direct cost. The indirect cost, let's say that you're providing a monthly health insurance premium, $600. That's going to tack on another $3.46. Currently, as of this podcast in 2016, the FICA, payroll taxes on the FICA, that you as a company owner pays is 6.2% or $1.55 an hour. Payroll taxes on Medicare is 1.45% or 36 cents an hour and depending on where you're at labor industries can be as little as you know a dime or maybe as high as five bucks I have no idea so I'm just gonna say 10 cents just to make it simple for this discussion now hand tools equipment purchases repairs and supplies well every month just figure you're gonna spend 150 bucks per worker now how do I know this I've been around construction for um, a long time, well over four decades. I've owned or operated construction companies, and I see the inside workings of QuickBooks files for a lot of co- uh, contractors all across the country. So I know hand tools, good purchases, repairs, and supplies is going to run you about 150 bucks a month. Now let me ask you a question. What do you charge your customers? What's your hourly rate you charge your customers? And I'll use an example of $75 an hour. So if you spend four hours a month training, managing, answering field labor questions, that's going to be $150, bucks, $300 total. Um, I need the math here. $75 times four hours is $300 a month, or roughly $1.73 per hour. Now, there's always what we call the cost of chaos. It's the unbuilt time, the rework, the warranty work, and other cost. And generally, I've seen this and run a lot of calculations on it, have lots of metrics. It's going to run about $250 a month, $250 a month, for another $1.44 per hour. So the indirect monthly cost is nine dollars and fifty one cents more if your workers comp is more than ten cents so let's talk about the indirect cost annually and let's say you, re- you provide a retirement or 401k benefit and two percent of the payroll that's going to be fifty cents an hour you provide for example five days of uh, paid vacation holiday per year sixty one cents an hour if you allow four hours of paid time every year for your your worker to contend to attend continued education 
that are five cents an hour. The cost, if you pay the cost of continuing education, seminars, tutoring, and manuals, it's going to run you about 500 bucks a year, 24 cents an hour. And by the way, uh, just a word to the wise, investing money, training, mentoring, tutoring, one-on-one, -on -one, going to classes, it's worth it. And a lot of contractors have asked me the question over the years, what if I train somebody? What if I educate somebody and they leave? I've got a better question for you. What if you don't train them? What if you don't educate them? What if you don't tutor them and they stay? That's a bigger problem. My experience has been if you offer training, education, some tutoring, people stay around for a long time. They're valued because you invested in them. Let's say in your business, uh, if you're a contractor and you offer a year-end bonus of, uh, say, 250 bucks, that's another 12 cents an hour. So the indirect cost annually, we're looking at a dollar and two cents an hour. So we take that direct construction cost, $25, add the indirect, $9.51, add the indirect annual cost of a dollar and two cents, that field worker is costing you, in this example, $35.53. And it can be a lot more depending on what your worker's comp is. So what are the dollars of burden? $10.53. What percentage of burden, the overhead on your labor? 42%. So basically what I'm saying to you is that your field worker in this example is going to cost you $1,421.39 a week. $6,159.34 a month. $73,912.03 a year. And this all ties into a little concept of uh, I like to refer to as what's 10 minutes of waste costing your company. And that's a whole other discussion. But concerning the cost of construction work in your payroll, including the taxes overhead, will be between 1.3 to 2 times the hourly salary you're paying them that is why labor is your most expensive cost in running a construction company. And that's why you can only afford to hire the best and get rid of the rest. I'm going to give you a little randalism that I've lived by for a number of years and it has never failed. Hire slow and fire quick. Now listen to this very carefully. It's really important. It's a nugget of gold and be worth your be worth your it can be worth hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars. If you think you should fire someone, you're already 15 minutes too late. Don't think twice. If you ever think you need to fire someone, you're 15 minutes too late. Get rid of them. Okay? You might make a mistake. You might not. I've made a lot of mistakes. But I've lost a lot more money by keeping people on that just didn't belong. There's a lot of good people out there. They're like nuggets of gold and diamonds. You gotta do a lot of looking around to find them. But when you find them, they're they're wonderful. Okay, there's three must-haves on screening applications for construction workers. Number one, ask them to fill out an application in person. Very important. Do not let them take the application out of, the, out of your their office. If they do take it out of your office, let them go. 
don't don't run them down the parking lot and tackle them. Just let them go with it. But at that point, they're done. There is no coming back. They're done. So number one, ask them to fill out the application in person and give them a pen with blue ink. Why? Because blue ink shows up nicely on a, a paper form with a, back, a black background. Now, I've had some people ask me lately, you know, hey, guess what, Randall, we're in the computer age and everything is done online and that sort of thing. Hey, that's great. Nothing beats the ability to operate a pen on paper. Because at times you're going to have to communicate pen on paper. Trust me on this. I know what I'm talking about. You see, you can learn a lot about a person, including if they follow directions. So, if they don't follow directions, thank you and goodbye. You can learn a lot by looking at their handwriting, their spelling, and the grammar speaks for itself. Make certain the application clearly states that you have the right to run a background check and that at some point you may ask for a drug test. Number two, well, drug tests is where they're eligible to hire. Number two, subscribe to a service that will run a background check, including as much detail as possible. And ask questions. Ask open-ended questions. Um, and stay within the confines of the laws. But it's amazing what you'll find out. Um, quick side note, many years ago, probably, I don't know, back in the 1999 or 2000, oh shoot, 95, 96 I think it was. We had a construction company and we had several uh, search repair trucks that were fully stocked. So between the truck and the equipment and everything in there is about $80,000 going down the road. And these trucks are huge. They're big service trucks. Everything you can possibly imagine. And we sent technicians into people's homes to do repair work and remodel and handyman, that kind of thing. And with plumbing and that sort of thing. And one of the questions I always asked and I only got an answer to it one time, and I almost um, fell over backwards. But I always ask the same question. Oh, by the way, are you safe to be around children? And every time I ask that question, people either look at me like I'm funny, or maybe I'm stupid, or they say, well, yeah. It's a, fun, it's a stupid question. Except one time. We had done the background check. The guy looked good. He checked out well. We're ready, getting ready to send on his very first call. And I pulled the Columbo and said, Hey, by the way, are you safe to be, are you certified safe around children? Or can you be safe around children? He says, Oh, yeah. Yeah, that pedophile charge was never proven. And they had to drop it. And the other ones are still pending. But I haven't been uh, convicted on those yet. And I said, Oh, that's so good to know. Oh, oh. By the way, I just thought of something. Hey, come on back into your office. There's something else we need to, to uh, deal with before we let you take off. Got the guy in the office, and um, I'm a big guy. I'm six foot and 275 pounds, pretty, uh, pretty solid. And so I got him in the office. And I sat him down. I said, "Give me your keys. Give me your cell phone. We provided cell phones. And give me all the stuff that you have to do with, with the business." and you're done. You haven't even started and you're done. 
you did your hiring is over and he got really angry you know what's with you people you and the courts and everybody else I'm always being accused and I hardly even touched that little kid and blah 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 you know and as a father I really wanted to uh, rearrange some of his features if you get my drift however I didn't but um, I did escort him out of the building and you know things happen he kind of stumbled around a couple of places and kind of banged on the wall but nevertheless he did make it to his car and um, we parted and as, as funny as it turned out he um, drove away a short distance got out and began to make some sign language of some sort I don't know he had his uh, middle finger up and he was using some bad words and yelling and screaming so I I thought to myself there's a pretty good chance I'm not going to be invited over for Sunday dinner at his house. Uh, never have been. But, hope that little phrase helps. Ask that question. It's a, it's so innocuous. And like I said, I only had the affirmative answer one time. Number three, ask them to get a copy of their driving record. Oh my goodness. This is huge. They give you a copy of the driving record. You take a look at it. If there are any DUIs, reckless driving, or other serious offenses, perhaps it would be best to pass on them. And I'm going to tell you why. Yeah, I'm a big guy. But nevertheless, if, if someone, a construction worker, if they are not respectful of men and women who carry guns and are licensed to kill... They're also known as the law enforcement officers. They will not show you, your employees, or your customers and clients any respect. This has never failed me. If someone has a DUI or reckless driving, I will not let them get into a vehicle that we own in our construction company. I don't care what happened. I don't care why. It doesn't matter. Um, end of story. And that driving record is huge. It only applies if they're in part of your business and they're going to be driving. Um, if you have somebody working in the office, don't ask. I mean, who cares? Bless their hearts. Uh, if they have a DUI or reckless driving, it doesn't matter. They're in the office. You're only concerned if they are driving one of your company vehicles. Um, next thought. We are a big fan of the probationary period. And I, I suggest strongly offer better be probationary period for 30 days or more you call it most people will get comfortable and show who they really are within the first 30 days and you make a decision from there well this is only the the small scrapings of what we have to offer discussing um, employees and all kinds of things hope it's been useful to you and I hope this podcast helps you understand that outsourcing your bookkeeping to us is more than about just doing the bookkeeping your contract is bookkeeping because we take a holistic approach to your entire construction company and we support you as a contractor and as a person we understand the good the bad and the ugly about owning and operating construction companies because we've had several of them and we sincerely care about you and your construction company why because contractors like you deserve to be wealthy because you bring value to other people's lives 
And this is one more example of how Fast Easy Accounting is helping construction company owners all across the USA, including Alaska and Hawaii, put more money in the bank to operate and grow your construction company. Construction accounting is not rocket science. It's a lot harder than that and a lot more valuable to people like you, so stop missing out. By the way, if you'd like to learn what makes construction accounting different from regular accounting, please visit www.fasteasyaccounting.com forward slash CA. And please feel free to call Sherry at 206-361-3950 or email her S-H-A-R-I-E at fasteasyaccounting.com and schedule your no-charge one-hour consultation. By the way, if you're thinking about outsourcing your contractor's bookkeeping services, you're invited to download a guide to help you find the right contractor bookkeeping service to fit your particular situation. You can find that at www.fasteasyaccounting.com forward slash HS. I do want to caution you that we may or may not be a good fit for your contracting company. I certainly hope we are. But nevertheless, this guide will help you to learn what to look for in outsourced construction accounting. Well, thank you very much. I hope you understand. We really do care about you and all contractors, regardless of whether or not you ever hire our services. Bye for now. Until our next episode here on the Contractor Success Map Podcast, where we remove contractors' unique paperwork frustrations. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on how to turn your contracting company into a process-dependent cash cow. Bye for now. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to the Contractor Success Map. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a five-star rating and review here on iTunes. And make sure to head over to www.contractorsuccessmap.com to subscribe to receive the latest articles and special offers. If you'd like to discuss your business strategy, simply click on the button labeled Strategy Session. And the best part, it's all free, just for you.